just before I came on this recording session with you, I had a bit of a heated argument with one of my friends about what everyone is doing right now. So I'm sure you would, you know, you'd be in the same position saying that everyone's emotions are all over the place and people are doing what they feel is right. And for some of us, we don't think that's right, you know. So there's always debate about what isn't right and what's not right. And I feel like what we're going through now has become a big trigger to anxiety and depression. But I'd just like to talk more about that with you. What do you think is is triggering it right now? Yeah, okay, well, firstly, let me just say that the Woolworths campaign was a joy and it's so crazy to think that we only spent one day together because I feel like we're besties, you know, like on some level we, we shared so much. It was such a beautiful um, sharing opportunity. So that's a good memory actually to have back in the day when we weren't wearing masks. Um, look, I think the reason that all of this is so triggering, and I think... Well, there's so many reasons, but I think the kind of overarching reason and, you know, it's interesting because I think if we'd had this conversation at the beginning of lockdown or after 10 weeks of lockdown, it would have been different to how we are, you know, talking about it today. Things have been changing so rapidly and each each new kind of phase has different um, elements that are triggering or cause us to, I don't know, melt down for different reasons. And Personally, I think what you're talking about, I'm, I'm picking up what you're talking about is, is the fact that the rules are maybe not as clear as they were in the beginning and people are free to make their own choices to a degree. Things are opening mm. up and now we can look at other people and compare our behavior to other people's behavior and say, oh no, they're less safe or they're making choices that we wouldn't make and it's difficult to kind of navigate that. Um, I think for me that that comes down to the fact that this is uncharted territory we're in the unknown we've never ever ever had to deal with this before as individuals or as a collective and I think that I think that's very very frightening and it brings up um it it, it triggers fear it triggers anxiety and everybody responds to their fear and anxiety differently some people get angry some people want to hide away some people want to fight and like you know be out there and 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 pushing pushing back push 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 everybody's going to have different responses and i think that that's what's so tricky is that we're all coming from a place of um you know these heightened emotions but we're responding to them quite differently i i came across an interesting tweet the other day where someone said don't take anyone too personally during this time because people are using this opportunity to bring up conversations or stir a pot or they bored. So whatever they can do or whoever they can attack, they're doing that. And yeah, look, I think boredom for me is always like a like a surface thing like I think boredom if you look underneath the surface there's something else happening so boredom is a word we use to describe an emotional experience but I often think something else is happening when we're bored it's usually discomfort you know it's usually 
we're not comfortable, we're not okay, we're agitated, we're frustrated, we're, we, yeah, we, we're uncomfortable, we don't want to be where we are. And so the board, we call it boredom maybe, but it, but it's really just discomfort with where we're at. And so we're we're either kind of projecting that discomfort onto someone else because, you know, you must be the reason why I'm uncomfortable or mm. we're distracting ourselves with something else so that we don't have to actually feel the discomfort that we are feeling with and maybe have to do something about it. And I think the big problem with a lot of this is that we don't know what to do with this discomfort. We don't know what we can, how, you know, we don't have the same mechanisms and tools that we used to have to manage our stress and anxiety, you know, so so suddenly we're experiencing new, very unfamiliar forms of pressures or um, discomfort or, you know, emotional emotional discomfort and we and we we can't do what we usually do we can't just go out for drinks with our friends to have you know to let our hair down we can't just go to the gym um you know we can't drop our kids off at school and go and get a latte you know whatever it is it may be mm. that your usual thing that you do um to just find your space and find your equilibrium a lot of those things are not available to us right now and i think that that's been hugely difficult for a lot of people that um that that's that it's like what do you do with this discomfort how do you channel it what are you gonna how are you gonna transform it how are you gonna make use of it you know do you think social media has contributed to how people are feeling right now and what advice do you have for us to make sure that we don't soak up everything we come across yeah, look, I mean, I think social media has changed a lot and in, 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 in the actual kind of content of it has changed a lot over this period. I mean, definitely at the beginning of social media, I mean, at the beginning of lockdown um, and the beginning of the coronavirus hype, I mean, every single post was about coronavirus. I mean, it, it was like everybody was just, you would put on the TV, it was all coronavirus. You would go on to, you know, social media, it will be coronavirus. And it was very overwhelming. Um, and I think, for different people, there were different aspects of that that were unhealthy. So for some people who are, you know, more paranoid or more hypochondriacal, who have who have the, that imagination, you know, that kind of says, we're all going to get sick and die, getting lots and lots of stats about deaths and, and rates of infection can be very, very difficult to to make sense of in a way that's helpful. Um, whereas for other people, it was the... Um, the, the the sort of skeptics um you know the the what are the, the people that believed it was just a hoax um the conspiracy theorists you know like for some for a lot of people those guys were really triggering on social media and it was it was like you know people were enraged at these people that weren't believing this and weren't taking it seriously um and so and then and then i suppose now you you know there's this idea of like comparison glenn biederman pan did a did like a skit on this with like the neighbors comparing each other and like both of them are breaking the rules but like each one is like basically complaining about the other one breaking the rules you know we're all kind of figuring this out together but it's but some of us get really triggered by by seeing other people breaking the rules in ways that we wouldn't break the rules you know and we get irate mm. but i think i think it's that it's that divisiveness of it like you know if and i think this is true always when it comes to social media that social media is this like incredible tool that has 
the the most amazing power to connect us like I know at the beginning of, of lockdown moms were connecting through social media sharing ideas sharing craft ideas you know helping each other think about what to do with their kids I mean I think all of us have given up on that now and we just stick them in front of Peppa Pig <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean like there was a lot of support and a lot of like um just you know just I guess just helpfulness and sharing and connecting and I was particularly like I sorry I probably made a noise with my microphone I I, I was particularly um like I, I think what offset my stress or what helped me relax was was like memes I loved the memes in the beginning it was like really helping me to kind of make sense of it all it was just to laugh and kind of you know have a bit of fun um so all of that's amazing about social media. You know, you, you're locked in your house. You can't go anywhere, but you can still connect. You can still have friends. You can still kind of have a life outside of these walls that you're stuck within, you know. The the, the cons, the, the, the not so good parts of social media, and I think this is always true, is that it can be divisive. It can make you feel like you're part of the in-group or the out-group, or it can make you feel like you're not good enough or you can compare yourself to other people and feel less than and um or you open yourself up to criticism because you've posted something I know you know lots of people are kind of like now checking themselves before they post things will this be you know you know is this wrong to post during lockdown is this something that people are going to feel offended by whatever you know walking in the forest or whatever it may be I don't know like I think I think we, when social media becomes divisive, when we start pointing at one another and and arguing with one another and focusing on what we're, how we're different and how we're doing things wrong, then it's then it is problematic. And I do think everybody has to think for themselves about their social media use. You know, it's like people talk about. Um, like healthy eating habits you know what do you consume looking after your body knowing what's the right fuel to put into your body to keep your body healthy but also well fueled it's the same thing with media like how do you what are you consuming and how are you how how are you able to digest that and if and if it's if it's causing you heartburn you know if it's if it's not going down well and it's actually you know, keeping you up at night or you know affecting your 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 life in a, in a negative way then you need to think about changing your habits. You know, you need to think about how you're, um, yeah, you need to think about how you are di- uh, consuming social media. And and I'm always for, like, if that person does not serve you, if following that, that account makes you feel bad about yourself or makes you stressed or makes you tense or takes time out of your day from things that you would rather do that's good for you, and you're actually spending it like with a stiff neck kind of hunched over your phone feeling crappy then it's not it's not serving you and then by all means unfollow i think there's even a mute option on instagram now yeah exactly i mean that's that's boundaries right that's self-care that's looking after yourself that's saying that's saying i'm choosing me right now you know and why would I choose this other person? What is more valuable about them and their message than my own health and happiness? Talking about self-care, I know you touched on it a little bit just now. 
But how important is it to make time for self-care during this, should I say, pandemic period? COVID <laughs> period? I don't know what to call it because you never know it's going to end. How important is self-care? And I know self-care means different things for different people. Like I know a lot of moms told me, like, Shan, self-care for me is just standing in the shower for 30 minutes instead of 10 minutes or whatever the case is no a hundred percent I mean self-care is anything really that is for you self-care is time or energy spent on yourself and um, look in the full lockdown it was really really tough Um, you know I think it was one of the biggest challenges of lockdown was just not having any space and any time, you know, me time, especially as a mom. And so I think, you know, in in those kind of really tough situations, it is taking a shower or, you know, walking to the shops on your own and putting in a podcast while you go to the shops and just switching off from everything else in that moment, you know, for, for those 15 to 30 minutes. Um, you know, in some cases, I would recommend just like taking time out in a separate room in the house, you know, like I'm going and I'm closing this door and this is my, you know, my time in this house for 30 minutes. Um, even doing that was quite quite challenging in the early in the early stages of lockdown. So, but that is a hundred percent. I mean, you, you. I always think with 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 self care though that it's really important to not impose it as if it's something to add to the to do list because that doesn't make us feel better about it. That makes us feel stressed about it. Then we're like, oh my god, I haven't done my self care today. You know, it should mm. be something that you're that you're naturally curious about, that, you, that you're excited to do, which is why, I, you know, for me, like, at least it's like podcasts that I want to listen to or a book that I want to read. Um, you know, sometimes self-care is literally just watching a series um, on Netflix on your own and just eating a bag of chips, you know, <laughs> like it's not necessarily healthy, but, um, yeah. but it's something for me. And, you know, I think, yeah, you've, you've, you've got to kind of, do it in such a way that it's not a pressure or not a, not an added stress, but something that really is a stress reliever that takes that pressure off you and makes you feel like a ah, feeling. I've heard of lots of people feeling like that. I mean, at the beginning of lockdown, when I went on Twitter, I think I saw a tweet that said, if you don't write a book during this time, like what were you doing? Why did you waste all this time? And, you know, there were tweets like that has in, you should be building a startup during lockdown, etc. And that's a lot of pressure to put onto someone saying that we expect all these big things from you to be achieved during lockdown and then you sit in lockdown and do nothing of it. And then you're like, oh, wow, what did I achieve during lockdown? Because I'm sure there's going to be a meme about that like next year, like, what did you do in lockdown or something to that effect? Yeah, but funnily enough, I've seen more tweets um, saying the opposite. So there's, there was actually a, a huge amount of backlash. I know that I know that tweet that you're talking about. And there was a huge amount of backlash against that. And there was even a, a paper brought out by a psychologist who like stated very clearly exactly why that tweet was so unbelievably mis- misguided and how it was 
really something that everybody needs to know is that to not put pressure on themselves to achieve anything or to be or to be, or to be in any way more productive than usual because of lockdown. And there's a number of reasons for that. Number one, I don't think everybody is aware of how much of a load parents have got in particular because of not for the, because of the fact that their kids are not at school. I mean, in what world are we expecting parents who usually have childcare for what is it eight or so hours a day to suddenly be without that and still be as productive as they were before if not more i mean that's in, that's insane there's no way that one can do that it's not possible and also number 2 i think what the psychologist said that was writing that article is that although we might still have our health and we look around us and our families are, are safe and okay and we're eating and um, you know, we have a roof of our head and all of those things that we kind of keep looking at and going, okay, okay, we're fine, we're fine, we're good, we're good. The, the, there is a, a low-level anxiety that we're all dealing with right now, which is which comes back to that thing of the uncertainty. We don't know what the hell's going on. We don't know what our world is going to look like from one day to the next, and it's changing, and 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 everything is uncertain. The future is uncertain. Uncertain. Our our. Some, for some people, our jobs have been taken away from us. Our leisure activities have been taken away from us. For many people, their plans have just been scratched for this year. Um, you know, and that is a lot to to manage. You know, that's a lot to. Um, sorry, I don't know what just happened. I think my husband just put on like a TV in the next room that was like really, really loud. <laughs> oh my word. Um, <laughs> Um, he doesn't be recording a podcast, Kali. No. Um, do we have to say something about men? <laughs> um, no. Um, yeah. So basically, um, what what I was what I was saying is that the that there's like all this stress and anxiety, and for many people, what we're doing right now is just surviving. On some level, what we're doing is surviving, and that's. That really should be enough. So yes, Shan, please don't put too much pressure on yourself. But I will say this. If you stop putting pressure on yourself and you realize that what you what you have is plans that have had that have been lost now or dreams that have been lost, I think what you might land on is some feelings of sadness, of grief. And I think that's almost a more poignant place to be at right now which is that you had grand plans you know your listeners had grand plans for this year a lot of people had a picture in their mind for what this year was going to look like and they had you know little moments that they were betting on you know in the future these these you know we do that we have these moments that we kind of look forward to and some of those have been totally taken away from us and it's and it's a loss and it's and it and it's hard to process that 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 we've lost actually so much in such a short space of time definitely to be honest I don't mind staying at home because I love wearing loungewear and just <laughs> not putting out any makeup on or doing my hair so you wouldn't want to see me right now but, <laughs> but I think what I'm missing is the human connection you know just meeting someone for a cup of coffee or just going to the mall and window shopping with not thinking about time or anything like it. Like, you know, that's yeah. my me time is brunch with friends, etc. 
a lot of us are missing that we're missing yeah. family and friends yeah and it's making us go crazy like yes honestly like one day i'm happy one day i'm sad yes one day i just want to hug my friend and i'm like what do i do like i know what can people do to make sure that they still connect with friends and family yeah look i mean you know it it's also been changing i think you know the beginning stages i was i would say look you have to just keep connecting whether it's on facetime zoom blah de blah i think a lot of us reached a kind of zoom fatigue stage we were like if i have to have one more zoom conversation you know like we I, yeah. It does reach its limit, I think, especially for social in- interaction. I find one-on-ones work much better. Like if 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 I really want to connect with someone, I'll either call them on the phone or have a, have a one-on-one video. But I find these group videos don't work as well. Like no one really connects. Everyone's kind of talking over each other. And no one's really saying much of significance because I don't think the medium really like allows for that enough unless it's like a facilitated group like if someone's holding like a hosting like a webinar and then everyone sort of gets a chance to speak but it's sort of like staggered and it's much more kind of formalized and structured but I think social socially I would say one-on-ones are better on video but like now kind of we're in a stage where I know like even when we opened up for like the six to nine exercise hours like people were people were meeting up and going for for social distancing jogs and stuff like that together and you know I think if you if you if you're following the guidelines of you know how many meters you keep a uh, distance and, and and wear your mask and everything and sanitize and you know you can manage it and I, I, I don't think that we're at the stage I think now at the stage we're at I don't think that we have to completely stay away from our friends you know when it comes to family members and friends I think the real thing we have to think about is who is at risk in their communities and and who they're going to have contact with. And obviously we we have to look at like elderly family members and everything else and be, be wise about the content to contact with those people. Um, But I also think that if you do it safely, there is no reason now why you shouldn't be able to have some contact. And I think it's really, really important. In fact, I know of people who are, um, wilderness guides who have been given permits to take people on um, walks in the mountain as mental health um, kind of like a like a for for the reason of mental health you know that that actually we have to look after our mental health and sometimes it's about weighing up between you know the the physical health and the physical health risks of having some kind of contact and and the mental health risks and I know psychologists have been operating in in person I personally have not been operating in person but many psychologists um, are operating in person and that's because people's mental health really does matter and so all the precautions are taken but at the end of the day we do need to connect and I I'm kind of on the I'm I'm on the side of if you if it will make a difference to your mental health go for it. Honestly, you know how to keep safe. You know what the regulations are. Find a way of connecting with your people, man. It's important. Loneliness seems to be the biggest cause of overthinking. And many people have anxiety where they wouldn't even dare leave their house because that will just, you know, shred them apart. 
any tips or exercises one can practice at home to focus on more positivity? Uh, look, I think that's quite a like a multi-layered question. So I think on the one hand, there's loneliness. Loneliness, as I said, can be combated through connecting with people. But I, th- I think it's also about the fact that when you're left to your own devices or left on your own too long, as you said, you may overthink or get into a negative thought rut. And and those those negative thoughts can be very, very toxic. I mean, unfortunately, our brains, we, we, you know, we get tripped up with our negative thought patterns and it can spiral down and we, you know, we can, we can get into really serious trouble with anxiety and depression. If we, if we are a not having contact with other people and other and other experiences that lift us out of those those feelings but also if we are not aware of the thoughts and how they are influencing our mood so i mean look it's almost like a long laundry list of things that you can do to try and and and, and manage that but i think the most important thing is you have to identify it you know if you write you know, if you in your own head can say to yourself, right, right now I can hear the thoughts in my head are getting, are turning negative, are getting dark, are becoming, you know, going down in a downward spiral. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going nowhere with these thoughts. I'm just, I'm just circling around the same topics. You know, you, you have to then find a way of pulling yourself out of that. And now if you can't, and, and this is always the thing I, I say, you know, we have the power in our in our own minds. They are I don't I don't really like the term positive thinking because I don't think it's about being positive. I just think it's about creating an an alternative narrative, you know. So like if your thoughts are um, you know, if you're saying the same thing to yourself over and over again and it's making you feel crap, is there another way of looking at it? You know, is there a way that you can expand that narrative or that that way of thinking so that you can just think about it slightly differently that will give you a different perspective um you know the thing is that what usually trips us up is and and i think this is the same thing with the social media issue it's it's comparison it's comparing yourself to others and feeling less than it's um, perfectionism. It's having some kind of ideal in one's head, like kind of like what your husband was saying to you, like, whoa, slow down, don't expect too much. You know, are you expecting too much of yourself? Are your standards so ridiculously high that you always feel like you're failing because you're setting yourself unrealistic expectations? Um, it's all or nothing thinking. So it's like saying to yourself, okay, either I'm going to get this 100% or it's a zero, like I've failed. It's that kind of black or white. Either it's this way, or it's an, it's you know it's totally ruined. Um, and at the end of the day, I think it comes down to feelings of like worthiness and belonging. Am I good enough? Um, you know, am I worthy? And if you're answering those questions with no, you know, if you've got a, a list of reasons why you're not worthy, why you're not good enough, why your friends are better than you, or this one's better than you, or that one earns more than you, or X Y Z you know you're heading in the wrong direction with those thoughts and they need to be turned on their head. You know, you need to flip the script. Um, if you can't do that on your own, with your own mind, which I think, you know, there's resources online, there's Instagram, you know, uh, pages to follow, um, 
there's so many resources but if you can't then you need to contact a professional and that is where I come in you know that it that it there there is a need sometimes to 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 take yourself out of your own mind out of that kind of like um I don't know you know you get it kind of we go round and round in circles and, and to find that external source that can give you some insight and, and to just hear you out and help you think through those difficult feelings. So as you mentioned that some psychologists are seeing one-on-one, well are, well, are doing one-on-one sessions. Our video consultations has been official, has those done in person? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that, are I think they're different and it's very hard to pinpoint exactly what makes it work differently I mean obviously there's like the obvious things like body language and um, you know just having that sense of someone in the room Um, but there's I think there's all sorts of stuff happening that's that's even subliminal that we don't even realize that like we pick up on things like intuition perhaps is something that we pick up on in some kind of frequency that doesn't um, that that is almost existing on a, in, in the physical plane that we don't necessarily get access to in the same way over over the over the computer but I would say it's like if it's a deficit it's like a deficit of less than 50 percent you know it's like 70 percent of it is still completely um uh what's the word I'm, I'm looking for like it's still available to us like i i don't i wouldn't write it off basically that's what i would say i wouldn't write it off it's got it's got merit it's got value video is in some ways for many people more convenient they don't have to get out of their house or leave their office or whatever it may be they're at their desk already they just you know at this point everyone's at home so you know it, everyone's doing everything online anywhere so it's kind of convenient in that way. For other people, it's, it's there's you know, it's accessible because of like geographical locations. Like you can see your therapist no matter where you live, or no matter where she lives or he lives. Um, yeah, I think I I'll say personally, I miss in-person therapy. But I don't know, and I think this is where I'm at right now. Is I don't know if I'm ready to go back to in-person given the current constraints on in-person therapy, like having to wear masks or having screens or having, you know, sanitizers or Mm. checking temperature, all of that, like it feels like that is not, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go to that. I would like to go back to how it was, but I don't know if I want to go back to the new, the new order of things. And anyway, it's a moot point because I'm at home and I'm not going into the office and that's a choice I've made. Um, but it is, you know, Shannon, it, it it is different, but it's viable. And it's and all of my clients, I think, you know, I haven't no one has said they don't want to be doing online therapy. Everyone's transferred to online therapy very happily. I've even gotten new clients through online, you know, who've started online and and it's and it seems to be working and people are people are really okay with it. Some people prefer it. I, I mean it's interesting the, the people that prefer it. That's that's always interesting. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it works. I really do think it works. 
Any signs on what we should look out for that would help us identify if someone we love is going through a difficult time right now? Yeah, look, I think I think it's safe to assume what we're all going through a difficult time, but I think what's important to identify is what is whether people are losing their coping mechanisms to such a degree that they are not like like not managing the difficult time they don't they, they're you know I think in a way we're all we're all coping with some difficulties it's just like who's who's out of touch with their who's lost touch with their coping mechanisms who's who's mm. fallen by the wayside um and I think people are going to respond differently and are going to act out differently when that happens so some people you might find are going to be breaking the rules more and that's the, that's this that's the tell right so for all the people that are maybe feeling judgmental towards people who they see are breaking rules who are not you know not following the, so, the social distancing or who are um, maybe doing things in our mind that are um, risk risky or you know risky behaviors i would think a little bit about that and wonder what is motivating that because perhaps they're really not coping with the, with the lockdown you know and 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 that's their way of responding to their difficulty to their to their um their experience so i think that's going to be one way that people respond and you can kind of imagine it's almost like the, the people that are going to be like drinking too much or maybe like traveling around or doing you know it's like they're externalizing when they get upset they, they're they're finding they're 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 enacting their 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 upset feelings. Um, then you get those who completely shrink away. They disappear. They're not answering WhatsApps. They're not um, saying yes to Zoom calls or FaceTime FaceTimes or whatever it is. And 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 then that's a huge like warning sign, especially if they've been available and suddenly they're not available. So those people are worth stopping by and just checking in on them um it's really tricky with social distancing like you can't just go to someone's house anymore but you know you could you could park outside their house hoot and try and get their attention at least get them to come to the window and just say like hello are you okay do you need anything can I get you anything um you know I always say if you think about someone message them you know like there's so many people that we have in our lives and right now we don't have that much time and energy I don't think for all of the social connections that we could make because they all have to happen on a digital device right now um, and it's time consuming and taxing and there's just not enough time in the day so um, if you think about someone message them send them a message of support ask them some questions you know that's always the best thing is just listen ask questions Ask questions that that are meaningful, you know. Don't just say, hey, how are you doing? But say, like, what's your week been like? What was the most difficult thing that happened to you this week? Um, um, what are your, like, what are your thoughts and, where are your thoughts and feelings right now? Things that have a little bit more meaning. And hopefully if they trust you enough, they'll even say a little bit that about what they're going through and share with you. And then all you can do is really listen and be there and and. I think that will count a, like a huge amount. Where you really need to worry is where you hear troubling thoughts, like where people start saying, I don't know if there's a point to this. I don't know why we're alive anymore. What's the point of life? Any kind of hint of suicidality has to be taken really 
really seriously. And, um, you know, you can't be too alarmist with that sort of thing. So really investigate that as best you can. Get as much detail about that as possible. Ask the person what they're thinking, what's in their mind. Have they got pictures in their mind? Are they imagining things? Um, do they need to talk? Um, and then offer them as much as you can around around that in terms of talking. And if and if they if they're not if you really are worried about them and they're not open to talking or they're not, you know, there is a. I mean, obviously, you can give them numbers of things to, like Lifeline or the South African Depression and Anxiety Group or whatever, um, or psychologists that you found online, their number. Um, but if they're not actually willing to do that and to pick up the phone or to, to make that call themselves, you know, the the police are actually mandated. I know the police is like a dirty word right now, but the police are actually mandated to take suicidality very seriously and if you really are concerned about someone you know that that you need to know that the police have a duty to go to that person's house knock on their door check up on them and if they really if you really are concerned about them um there is of of course admission to a hospital and and i'm sure that is probably the last thing that anyone wants to do right now so try and take as many steps as you can before that has to get to that but that's obviously like the worst case scenario is that you know if someone really is threatening to take their life we have to take it very very seriously um but so look up those resources try and get those to your to your friends or whoever it is that you know of but 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 listen be there so you can contact the south african depression and anxiety group yes from Monday to Sunday between 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. That number is 011-234-4837. And there's a 24-hour helpline, which is oh, well, 0800-456-789. Thank you, Carly. I think that Amazing. was some brilliant points and tips. Just one more thing before you leave, because yes. this was one of the most common questions I got when I just did a bit of research with the moms to find out what they would like to hear from you today. Okay. And one of the most asked questions was, how does my mental health affect my children and do they mirror this? Yeah, that's a big question. Um, Our mental health does affect our children. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. It is... It is something that we need to be very, very careful with, and which is why I always advise moms to take care of themselves and to look at their mental health very, you know, take it very, very seriously. I always use that. It's like that Woolworths ad, right? You know, you've got to put your mask mm. on first. Um, so it is important. But I think that we... I think that we are also sometimes too scared to show our children our feelings. And I think that feelings are something that are normal. And there's a difference between, um, you know, responding to our feelings in ways that are maybe scary or threatening to our children, which will be damaging to our children. You know, there is, if it's repeatedly happening that you are responding to your own stresses or emotional experiences in a, in a way that is scary or causes your child to feel left alone with their feelings that is damaging but feelings themselves are not bad and we need to try and find a way of communicating our feelings to our children and to show our children that 
there are ups and downs in life that sometimes mommy is sad sometimes mommy is angry sometimes mommy you know is afraid and that that's okay mommy doesn't have to be neutral all the time to be a good mom and 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 I, I really want you to know that you don't have to have it all under control all the time in order to be a good mom that's that's not what our children need our children don't need perfection our children don't need a robot our children don't need someone who's even killed or who always manages you know everything our children need honesty and our children need to see and and have modeled the process of being with and experiencing and managing feelings all the feelings the ups and the downs and 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 having that modeled and having that um you know to really see your child for for your child to really see you going through it all and still being there you know to not vacate the building you know when you have a difficult feeling but to really be there be present because you're then modeling something about about um about emotional regulation which i think is the most important thing that we can do which is that no one should expect themselves to be even all the time we are going to have ups and downs but if you can go from having a really really bad moment to being a little bit like to being much, much better in the next moment, you know, to have, to see that kind of modulation of emotion, to be managing your emotions and regulating your emotions effectively. That is a huge tool to impart on your child. So don't ever think that you have to be the same all the time. Know that it's okay to be up and down. So long as you are, are communicating and, and sharing the process of how you're managing those feelings. And, and for example, it could be, breathing you know and showing your child how you're breathing how you're counting your breath um it's it's saying to your child mommy's feeling um very um you know stressed about work right now so i'm going to take a walk and when i come back we're going to read a story together or whatever it's like just that that communication of i'm not okay in this moment but i know how to get myself to the next moment feeling a little bit better and that's going to make them feel safe and that's going to show them that feelings number one are not too scary not too big can be managed can be handled and that mommy is big she's bigger than her feelings she can handle it and so I don't feel scared of her big feelings and I don't feel scared of my big feelings going forward does that make sense well said Thank you so much, Carly, for taking the time to do this podcast with me. I really appreciate it. But here's what. Carly has a podcast too. So if you love listening to her voice and all the advice she shared, you need to check out her podcast. Carly, please tell us where can we find you on social media? <laughs> Thanks, Jan. It was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, it was great being on. Yes, my, um, my podcast is called On the Couch with Carly. And um, that's basically my handle on, on Instagram as well, on the couch with Carly. And it's, yeah, you can find me on Facebook. And yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, I guess my goal is really just bringing mental health into spaces where 
in a way, I suppose, that isn't too stuffy, that isn't too formal. As you can hear, I talk sort of like off the cuff and I'm not too kind of, I don't know, I don't think I'm too like stuffy and profesh. So <laughs> so I, I hope that it means that people feel welcome and, they, you know, that the feeling is that you get to kind of jump on the couch and hang out with me for a bit and we talk about all, all that life stuff. Um, so, yeah, it would be great to... Um, to have some some of you over on the couch sometime. <laughs>